Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. This is Shorsha Dunbar, the host of the podcast. And recently I had a chance to speak with Dave and Aviv the two developers of the upcoming game, The Corruption Within. And they spoke to me, well, Dave also made Captain Disaster. He spoke to me about how that went now that it's out on Steam. And Aviv also made Void Breach, and he spoke a little bit about that game. And then they spoke uh, a lot about their upcoming game, The Corruption Within, with no spoilers. They spoke about how they work together and what we can expect from the game. And they also gave some great advice about how to run a successful Kickstarter, or at least what they did uh, to run a successful Kickstarter. So I had a great time speaking to these guys, and I hope people enjoy listening to it as well. So here is our interview. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. I am joined this week by Dave and Aviv, who are about to release The Corruption Within, and uh, Dave, of course, is the developer of Captain Disaster and Aviv, uh, developer of Void Breach. So we'll probably we'll talk a little bit about those games as well. So hello, guys. How are you, how are you both doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, good. Thanks. Great. Now, we, we spoke, Dave, uh, last year. Um, I'm sure it's the highlight of your year last year. Can't, can't think of anything else that might have happened. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I was, it was it was an absolute thrill. It was a, a joy oh, and a imagine. privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I, I'm sure you remember everything that happened in that interview last year. As I said, I don't think much has happened in the past year around the world. Um, but uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we, we spoke, Dave, uh, about uh, your game Captain Disaster that you had released it or you're about to release it you've got the prologue and the, the main game on steam uh so i just wanted to just curious how has it been since uh, how has how has that been um you know that you've had more exposure now or have you had more exposure um on steam you know with a bigger platform um just well in general how were things last year with the game <laughs> um not too bad i mean the trouble was with Captain Disaster going onto Steam as that it was a game that had been around for quite a while. No one was mm. uh, really interested in covering it as a news item. So it's just sort of very slowly, <clears throat> very slowly sort of gained a little bit of traction, um, sold a few copies initially, and then a few more when I put it on sale. And then just gradually over time, just one or two more people have picked it up. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not planning on retiring anytime <laughs> within the next, you know, century. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not been bad. It's it's quite pleasing, and, and much as I love itch, I really, I mean, I really love itch.io the site. But you don't sell a lot on there, so I mm. think Steam has already pretty much started to outperform that as you know in total sales even though it's been on there so much uh, shorter time so yeah i'm i'm quietly pleased it's uh, okay. yeah, it's a slow burn so so you won't be retiring to um uh, to a pacific island just yet <laughs> but it's doing no. it's doing okay <laughs> oh that's good no because i played actually the prologue um, a few months ago and i really enjoyed it i i downloaded the main game but then i haven't had a chance because there are other games that we had to review for the podcast, but I do want to play because I've heard good things about it and reviews seem to be very good. So, um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. At least it's getting, getting some traction on Steam. And uh, then Aviv, uh, you're otherwise known as Cosmic Void, correct? Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm curious, how did that name come about? That is a very good question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I pride myself on a great question. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kidding, I, by I, the way. But <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I remember. Um, at the beginning, I was creating, well, I was creating Void Breach at the end of 2019. And then I realized I also need a developer's name. And um, it made sense to also pick something that um, 
sounds a bit sci-fi and um it also needed to i suppose reflect the, the name void bridge at the time so i was thinking well what can i call myself that has the word void in it and um well there is a term uh called cosmic void so and it's a pretty interesting term so i went with that it's not a very uh, uh, fascinating story but <laughs> that's how it was <laughs> no it's, it's, it's interesting you know so you, you weren't staring into the void <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i was looking something with void in it and that it had something to do with with uh, science fiction i mean it, it kind of sort of, sort of, kind science. of makes sense like cosmic i you know i assume it to do with um you know science anyway and space and then void I mean, it is a void. <laughs> there's, there's not much up there, <laughs> uh, so it kind of make, makes sense, kind of. But it's kind of, you know, kind of intriguing, kind of curious. I find. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, since uh, since, since it's the first time we're speaking, um, I just wanted to to ask you as well. What I ask uh, all developers who come on this podcast um, is, uh, what were your favorite adventure games growing up? Uh, did you have uh, Did you have Did you play adventure games growing up? Uh, oh, definitely. I played a bunch of those. Um, I can tell you my favorite because there are so many that are sure. <laughs> absolutely great. Um, I didn't play as many LucasArts games as I did Sierra games. Um, perhaps my favorite LucasArts games are Seven Max, uh, Hit the Road, and um, The Out Tentacle. Um, and Sierra games, well, I'll, I'll probably have to name 20, but uh, <laughs> but uh, as I said, uh, um, Another time, I think Space Quest 2 is among my favorites. Mm. Uh, Quest for Glory 4 because of the story. Well, the story, the art, the music. Um, perhaps these two. Okay. I mean, as, as you mentioned, Sierra had so many games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A huge <laughs> list of games. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to choose just one or even five or even ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I have to what? name 20, yeah. Yeah, because I know what other people do is like they name their favorite series, you know, from the Quest series mm. Mm. Uh, in general. But um, but yeah, it's I mean, I played them as an adult and even sometimes like I forget, oh, Space Quest 2. And say Legend Suit Larry three people say I'm like okay I'm trying to remember which one was which. <laughs> <laughs> that can uh, happen. But I mean I I enjoy them. And then you mentioned Sam and Max at the road, which was uh, an interesting because you know usually people mention Monkey Island because uh, that's the, a lot of people nowadays think that that was the only adventure game released mm. back then. <laughs> um, and from what I remember of Sam and Max at the road, it uh, it was set in in America, in the United States, and it had like American sure. sense of humor with a lot of like American landmarks. So I enjoyed it, but I didn't really understand a lot of it. Because, oh, I didn't understand anything. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, but, so... <laughs> <laughs> but it was still funny. I mean, yes. just just the, the LucasArts art is mm. funny. They do funny art, um, which is you can't say that many Sierra games art was funny, I suppose. Mm. But just looking at Simon Marks walking about, or you know, um, uh, the tool at the beginning of the game, it's one of the puzzles. That's funny. That's like uh, visual comedy. Right. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of visual comedy there. With I think mm. even just a smile from Max, <laughs> just, yeah. uh, just just his face, just his like uh, insane looking smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but but yeah, definitely. And have you guys played any games the last year? Uh, Dave, have you had time to play any any adventure games or any games at all in the last year that you particularly enjoyed? Um... Because I, I know you have a lot on your plate at the moment. So. <laughs> trying to remember if there's anything I've played. Um, oh, the, the amazingly difficult to pronounce Zniff Adventure. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. That's, I, I haven't actually completed it yet. I, I started playing it with my two girls, aged 10 and 6. Oh, lovely. And after we played it for a while, um, and then they saw me playing it at one stage, so... They said, no, you're not allowed to play it without us. <laughs> um, and then the next day, I caught them playing it. And apparently they could play it without me, but not the other way around. But so I think that will keep them going for a while, because the puzzles are quite tricky in that one, but quite yes. clever. So, um, they were, yeah. I remember. I remember I had some issues with the puzzles uh, there as well. But, yeah. no, that, that, but I think it's that, a lovely game. And no, it, it had a 
production period about as almost as long as Captain Disaster. So oh, wow. I appreciate it for that point as well. <laughs> no, but uh, Luke, Lucas and Carolina, it's just they, they just made a, a fantastic little game there. Yeah, and I think it's a lovely game to play with kids as well because I mean a lot of kids love dinosaurs. So, um, and the, the animations in that game were great. I yeah, found. it's just perfect, isn't it? The animation yeah. is brilliant. So it really, really is good. And, and, and then yourself, Aviv, have you had a chance to play any any games, adventure or otherwise, in the last year? Oh, yeah, I played a few. Uh, one of them was recently released, Inspector Waffles. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I played, I played the well. demo, that's great. <laughs> Which, come on, this is a uh, pixel art game. I had to try it. And it's brilliant. I recommend it. And um, yes. Yeah, it's very funny. And another one was Listen Misfortune, which um, is not pixel art. It's the funny game, but it's also quite heartbreaking. Uh, no spoilers, but oh, also yes. highly recommended. Yes, yes. Two, two very different games as far as... Yeah. But I don't, I've never played Listen Misfortune, but yeah, no, I've, uh, I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah. It's not really an, a puzzle game because mm. you don't really solve puzzles in the game. Maybe it's a walking simulator, sort of, but it's... It's a great um, experience, great adventure. Right, yes. Uh, no, well, that, that's great. At least you have had a chance to play some games as well. And, <laughs> um, and, and so then uh, before we get on to the corruption within, because I'm really curious about that, but I'm also curious about your game of the Void Breach, hmm. which I'm just seeing as well. And this, uh, it, it looks very much like a Sierra game. Is that intentional? Oh, that definitely. <laughs> I, definitely. I tried my hardest to capture their style. Um, it was my first foray into game making and also my first foray into art, doing art, any wow. any kind of art. And uh, so everything at the beginning is a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. the, the coding is a struggle. The art is a struggle. Everything is, is still a struggle. But when you do it for the first time, it's exponentially harder. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I did my hardest to capture their style, late 80s AGI style, you know, very low res, blocky, 16 color art. Um, uh, it was very fun to make. Yeah, I mean, certainly from the screenshots and uh, the video, the, the trailer I saw, um, mm. I think you, you managed it very well. I think you have <laughs> achieved Thanks. that. It's uh, because it's... You know, uh, it's with the uh, pixel art as well that I see, I don't know if people would say that, I mean, I've never drawn anything or coded, but I don't know if people would think, oh, it's old school, it would be easy. But as you mentioned, it's, it's difficult, it's a struggle. I think you did, you, it looks like um, an old Sierra game. And it also looks like a combination of Space Quest and King's Quest. I saw some things in the trailer reminded me of King's Quest. Uh, again, was that yes, intentional or... Yes, it was a mix of, you know, uh, fantasy or fantasy land and science fiction. So you have like um, like a room that is a lab. So that's a bit Space Quest. It's also inspired by Time Quest, which is a um, fan-made demo made using the AGI engine. Um, I was heavily inspired by that. Mm. Um, so it's a bit Time Quest. Uh, one, the original title for the game was time breach but i couldn't go with that it was <laughs> too similar so i had to change it <laughs> so yeah time quest space quest king's quest they were all um even even manhunter uh which is a first person adventure game made by sierra uh its art was i uh, was heavily influenced by by that as well yes i didn't play manhunter or time quest but i've heard about it i can't i can't recommend it because they're <laughs> notoriously uh unfair the Manhunter games, but they're they're definitely beautiful, great works of art. Oh, oh yeah, definitely from the screenshots that I've seen. But and then with regard to gameplay, now we can talk about this in Corruption Within as well. With regard to gameplay in Void Breach, first of all, is the gameplay a little bit easier uh, than in the old Sierra games, or <laughs> in you... in uh, the Corruption Within? Um, I think so, definitely. Okay. Because because we we had a few guidelines when we started um, uh, work, when Dave started working on puzzles, so we had in mind that um, there will be no dead ends in the game. You can't get stuck. If you get stuck, okay. then that's a bug. But you're not supposed to get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't die. <laughs> um, what else? Um, we we don't want random things to happen because if you remember, 
Gabriel Knight, for example, the first one, sometimes you would do something in one room and then something totally unrelated yes. would yeah, <laughs> occur in another room entirely. I didn't want that because that leads to aimlessly wandering about the, the place mm, and that's yes, yes. Not, not a lot of fun. And another thing we had in mind is that, um, let's see, oh yeah, everything needed to be hinted at, even a vague hint, but you, you need to have a clue what you need to do. So yeah, okay. all, all these things I think make for a more, a game that is more fair to the player. Right, yes, because I, I just read the book by Ken Williams and mm -hmm. I'm reading now actually uh, Sean Mill's book on, on great book which it's a really really good book i'm really enjoying it and actually what surprised me is that sierra made more money with hint books than with the <laughs> <Yes>. games <laughs> so yes, it, yes. it looks like they intentionally made the public <laughs> as obtrusive as possible <laughs> and um and then the, sorry go ahead Arif, yeah but yeah that does lead you to to conclude that yes i'm sure <laughs> lucasarts was the same like with the helpline um you know to make more money as well um, but um, then how, how did you guys uh, come up with the idea to work together then? Um, so who, you know, who, who contacted who and how did you get together to start working on this game? Um, well, I first of all contacted Aviv, I think, or was it the other round? I was um, <laughs> you looking... Should know. <laughs> I, I don't remember it. I think you contacted me, but it was because I asked around on Twitter for someone to do some sprites for oh, me. Oh, right. Artwork. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and this was for a, a, a turn-based strategy game that I was going to do. And, All right. You know, the next do... Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually um, aliens that um, turned into lawnmowers, actually. But yes. Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> almost, almost the same. Um, but that that game, I never really had time to develop that idea. And we just, I don't know, we just started chatting, didn't we, about mm. different games. And then you told me about this, well, this very vague sort of game idea that you had. Very and then vague, we kept, yeah. and then fatally, we kept talking about it until <laughs> we decided we'd actually make the thing. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, that, sounds, that sounds, that makes sense. So the two of you didn't know each other before you started working on this game then? No. Nope. Wow, no, that's, that, that's great, you know, that uh, two people can just get together through, like, mutual uh, hobby or, you know, passion, mm. which is adventure games, and they work on a game, you know, like this from both different ends of the world as well. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, and then how did you manage working together? Because I assume the two of you worked on your own for your previous games, and now you're working together without you know, knowing each other as well. You mentioned Aviv that you had, you guys had guidelines. Um, mm. So how did you split up the, the work on this game? Um, and also I imagine it was just communicating online uh, since, you know, and so we were in a pandemic and yeah. so you couldn't meet in person, I'm sure either. Uh, so how did you guys work together? Uh, most communication was done via Twitter and uh, Google documents. Um, the division of labor was pretty simple. Um, I do the art and coding and Dave does everything else. And uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so there, there you go. And, yeah, uh, so I, I would design these big complex puzzles and then Aviv would look at it and say, no, 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 we're going to take that bit out. We're going to take that. That's not going to work. I can't code that. That's too, too many graphics to do. So, so yeah, I, I just sort of made something. He ripped it up and I tried to put it back together. <laughs> that, that that was the worst case scenario. That was one particular one particular puzzle, really. But um, mostly, yeah, it was just a case of uh, I designed the puzzle, the dialogue, hotspot descriptions. Um, if there's any comments that he'd made that he'd he'd say what he didn't like or what he thought wouldn't work or what he did like, and then we'd I just uh, we'd just keep adjusting it until we were both happy with with all the bits. Um, very occasionally, he'd ask me my comments on his art. Um, I think the only the only real feedback I gave him is that the necks of the characters always seemed too long to me. The neck, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We always had these long conversations about no, the necks, and he, he'd say no, but according to the perspective, it should be right. But then, yeah, but it looks wrong. So uh, 
Yeah, that was that was my helpful input about art. Okay, but yeah, no, at least you had you know that uh, a specific division of of the workload, uh, and that you was able to to communicate then. Uh, and then in terms of the the story, who came? You know, did the two of you come up with the story, or who who came up with the general plot of the game? So who, who the idea I think was it? I think oh. my contribution to the story was that it needs to be in a mansion. Okay, and, 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 uh, and it has to have a lake. <laughs> and, and and several what? And it has to have a lake. There has to be a mansion. Oh yeah, yeah. Lake and that. And <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, and, and that's it's it. just like yeah, just go with it. And um, so yeah, I I just um, we we had a few ground rules that we agreed on from the beginning as well about the story. So we didn't, we, for various reasons, we didn't want to go down this sort of supernatural horror oh, yeah, kind of path true. um partly because i didn't want to it's not my sort of thing and partly because i feel it's been done to death anyway mm. um i i definitely wanted it to be more thriller than horror because i i just don't like the horror genre i don't really like anything about it so i wouldn't have been able to write a horror i don't think um and we were sort of wanted to heavily suggest things to the player without necessarily telling them outright so each player once you played the game um in fact one of our testers said to me i don't know how to phrase this without without giving something away um so only one of the major plot points um he said oh i think there was i think there was something else behind it and I think we've tried to build it so that it gives you a full storyline, but there's lots of room for you to sort of maybe guess at what else might be going on behind the scenes. Okay. I had one more contribution to the story, if I may. Um, sure. sometimes, sometimes Dave's descriptions were quite elaborate, quite long, and they didn't fit the screen. So I had to cut them short or ask him to cut them short. Um, so yeah, if, if something reads too short or incomplete, then that's my fault. <laughs> okay. I mean, ho hopefully, so he, he, he had to, uh, shorten the sentences or the, the descriptions. Yeah. Because <laughs> they yeah. literally wouldn't but, fit in the screen. <laughs> yeah. But then it stops me from being too wordy for the sake of it as well. So exactly. Probably a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have that problem, at least even when I'm talking. That I, I tend to over explain and over talk. So, I, um, it, it's, uh, but then what is the, what can you tell us about the actual plot then of the game without giving anything away? Because uh, I imagine, especially with the psychological thriller, the whole joy of the game is finding out the story for ourselves. But what can you tell us about, uh, about the plot? So, at the very beginning of the game, um, you're, you're a man who's, been on a, a trip with his family and it's Victorian times. So it's, uh, you, you'll play a sort of middle-class um, artisan. So not, not terribly poor, so you can't afford a holiday, not terribly wealthy. Um, so this is basically your first, first holiday. You've gone camping. It's in a vaguely indeterminate part of England, uh, but, you know, mountains, lakes, whatnot. And so the last day of your trip and your family just go away to do one thing, uh, your wife and your two children, and they never come back, essentially. Ooh. So you you have to find, you, you've obviously got to find your family, but being in Victorian times, you can't flip your mobile phone and just give someone a ring. You can't find the local police because they're going to be miles away. And the and also it's um it's after about midnight, so everything's dark, and the only sign of civilization you can see is this mansion. Uh, and basically, it all goes from there. As you as you find out about more about the people in the mansion, you obviously feel something is not quite right about this. And it's it's designed to give you this sort of gradually building feeling of of dread and foreboding and what mm. just what is going on are you ever going to find your family what state will they be in when you do 
And uh, yeah, that's definitely as much as the plot as I can tell you. <laughs> sure, yeah, and, and I'm sure all you know anybody that you meet is uh, very innocent. You know, nothing <laughs> untoward happens, nothing bad happens. I'm sure in a creepy mansion by a lake as well. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds really intriguing. You know, that's definitely got my interest. That's definitely piqued my interest. So you, you I like that you start with a mystery, <laughs> and so I, I imagine you gradually try and find out more and more what happens. Um, are you able to tell us anything about any of the characters that we meet, um, or would they be spoilers themselves? Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Avi? If you if you don't want to, that's fine. I don't want to give anything away. But just I was just curious. Um, <laughs> with some of them, it it is a case of more than meets the eye, and um, with some of them, it is uh, they are exactly as you see them. Um, to say more, I think would would spoil it. <laughs> Okay. So, for example, Giles is a drunkard, um, but, well, with every character that you meet, he either is just that, a drunk, or something more, and to know if it is something more, yeah, it is best if you play the game. Yeah. Sure, we, we don't we don't want to give everything away. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's... Uh, and then from also, also looking at the screenshots here, and I know this is audio, but uh, and have you, have you worked on the art? And I have mm. to say, it looks beautiful. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Um, you know, with the backgrounds and everything, and you know, I'm sure once we play it, we can see how nice it is. Uh, but yes. how would you describe the the art then, or the artistic style for uh, well, for people listening <laughs> who can't see it, unfortunately. <laughs> um. Okay, so um, because it is pixel art, um, well, what I had in mind was a very low-res art, not as low-res as Void Bridge, but something similar. Um, now, usually when you do this retro style, you go with um, 320 by 200 pixels. Um, I don't quite recall why I didn't go with that uh, resolution. Um, perhaps I was a bit intimidated by it because that's very many pixels, even though it is low res. So I worked with something lower. Um, so it is low res. Um, the palette is rather limited. I wanted four uh, complementing colors. For nighttime, um, things had to be purple or blue. So you have that there. Mm -hmm. You'd also needed to have red for firelight. And um, and you also need to have green for the countryside. So green, red, purple, blue, perfect for the story, I think. Uh, you also needed um, um, dark colors. So they also need to be dark and highly saturated. So these are probably the main uh, ideas behind it. High saturation, so the pigment is very prominent um the complementing colors uh, which i mentioned and uh you most usually dark shades uh that's the sort of idea i had in mind and of course low resolution mm. that i was comfortable with okay and did, did you did you learn anything or was there anything that you learned from your previous game void breach that you're able to use on on the corruption within um, well, yes, because when you uh, first pick up uh, pixel art, there are the basic techniques that you learn, um, how to do shading, how to do perspective, how to do, um, um, how to, to give things depth, how to do dithering, which is, you know, like, um, when you think about pixel art, that's one of the first things you think about, um, how to do uh, anti-aliasing. <laughs> Uh, those things I took from Void Bridge. However, there was plenty other things I had to I had to learn as I did them. So portraits, for example, the characters you meet when you when you started a dialogue with them, there is a portrait. Uh, that's I that I I haven't really done that with Void Bridge. There are a few portraits, but they are very 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 basic. Um, so, um, and they also have plenty of mistakes with them, but 
but um so i had to, to learn how to do uh portraits and um you also meet um somebody in the woods and i won't spoil it but let's say there is a movement with the uh, uh, associated with him and uh, how to uh, infuse that movement into the drawing that's also something i had to uh, learn how to do um so as i said i very um I'm very fresh with, with, with this. And um, so everything is pretty much, almost every uh, screen was a new experience. So with this screen, I'm drawing alike. Okay, this is one of, this is the first take I'm drawing ever, pretty much. Uh, this screen is forest. I've never done anything like that. That's the first experience. In this room, I'm doing a, a, um, a lounge. I've never really done anything like it, except of course, for a few screens in the void bridge. So everything is a new experience. Mm. Everything is alert. Um, you know, uh, you learn as you do it, kind of thing. Yeah, no. It's, as I said, it, it looks it looks beautiful anyway. What whatever you're doing, whatever you did, <laughs> it seems to be working at least from what I can see. Um, and then uh, you mentioned as well you'd never done anything like this before because this looks to be different to what the two of you have done previously. Because Dave, you uh, your games uh, well, Captain Disaster were comedies at least. I don't know if you. Um, I, I know you probably think worked on other games, but is this the first kind of investigative thriller adventure game that the two of you have worked on? Like not together, but um, even like previously? Yeah, for, for me, definitely. It is a, a complete change of style. It's first person, whereas I always do third person. It's very serious. Uh, whereas, as you know, obviously mm. normally I do comedy. It's It's just... Yeah, it's it's absolutely different. It's totally outside my comfort zone. So really, um, you know, as Avi said, he was learning the art as he went along. I was kind of having to learn how to write this type of game and <laughs> incorporate these types of puzzles as I went along because it's it's not really something I've ever done before. So uh, hopefully, if if the writing can be half as good as Aviv's art, I think I've done. Oh, the, right, the writing is great. Oh, I think no. that's that's one of the selling points of the game. It is a very good story to tell. Oh, if it's anything it's... like at least Captain Captain Disaster, I'm sure it is. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's hard. And... It's harder hard for the story to sell it than the artwork, though, because you you tweet your pretty pictures and everyone's going, "Oh, that's so pretty!" <laughs> I play this game. If I thought, right now, I'm going to tell you a bit of the storyline. Everyone being, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the story is great. And I'm sure it must be tough, Dave, as well, that because you, you know you don't want to give any spoilers to the story, so it, it must be oh. hard to talk about as well. I'm sure you're very proud of it. You want to talk about it, but I'm sure you don't want to either give spoilers <laughs> to the people. I mean, what what's been nice is that the the beta testers have come back and they they've been really they've really liked pretty much every part of the game. So okay, so that's really that's good. good, yeah, but. Adventure games are the absolute worst to market in terms of screenshots because mm. anything you have in your screenshot could yes. potentially be a spoiler for a puzzle solution or a plot element. So it's uh, it's a bit of a nightmare trying to work out what you can actually put out there in the public and safely without ruining someone's experience later in the game because, oh, yeah, I've already seen this. Yes, no, I, I, can, I can imagine. So... Uh, how did you decide then to, to show what screenshots um, or decide what screenshots to show or what to put in the trailer? Because I know some people, at least with uh, films, they just show, for example, what happens in the first third, either of the game or the film. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then the next two thirds say, no, that's... But then other, I mean, other people, other movies, they show the exact ending of a film in the trailer. Um, I, I think we, we didn't have much of a choice. We had to show the beginning of the game because, mm -hmm. and maybe parts of the middle, because as we were making the game, we were releasing screenshots, right? Um, or work in progress art. So everybody has seen those. Now, if I were to, to create a trailer showing the latter part of the game, then you would have seen it all. <laughs> you would have seen the trailer that shows the ending of the game and you would have seen um, work in progress art. So the trailer had to, to repeat what you, either what you've seen already or, you know, portraits because they don't really spoil anything. So they're right. safe to use. Okay. And since this is something you, for the two of you, what, why did the two of you decide to make this, you know, as you mentioned, Dave, first person, uh, very serious, 
uh, were you tempted to make you know a comedy third person like you've worked on before or in your case of these um, you know a game like with fantasy sci-fi but it seems very different to what the two of you have done previously so was that an intentional choice or just I how think, it happened yeah i think the first person aspect was probably born out of necessity really the thing about third person games is you have to add tons and tons of animation for each character and and uh, we wanted to be able to release the game in a realistic time frame. So mm. Aviv, if I remember rightly, that was mm -hmm. one of the key drivers, wasn't it, for making it first person. But as, as we actually started developing the game, it, it became clear that it would not have worked as well in the, in the third person setting as a first person. So... Yeah, um, I don't think so, yeah. Yeah. I think we, like, we captured the feeling of horror or... Menace really better in first person. I think yeah. you're more in there doing something other than you know controlling a character that does those those things. Yeah. So because you're in a sense looking through the player character's eyes, I think you you get to empathize more with the character and the situation he's in, and it's got more of an immediacy to it. Um, so yeah, I think it was it was a decision born out of necessity at the beginning. But as we went along, it just organically seemed to be the right decision. I couldn't, I couldn't now imagine this game being recreated to the third person. I just don't think it would work. Right. Yeah. No, again, from the screenshots, as I said, I think it looks, uh, it it looks nice anyway, and um, it it seems to have worked as you mentioned with the beta testers. And then in terms of gameplay, um, you know, you, you mentioned as well that you talked about the puzzles, you know, you talked about how there'd be no dead ends and that. Um, but how did you go about creating the puzzles? And did, did you want them to be challenging, like in, uh, I don't know, like Myst games or, you know, you mentioned as well the Fairer or how do you <coughs> strike the balance uh, with puzzles? And the oh, don't get me started on Myst. I, I never, <laughs> never got the hype about that game. It looks we, very pretty, but the, the puzzles we, don't very, we, made very little sense to me. We have actually discussed it on the podcast with some which I would say, strong opinions as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by the way, if anyone's listening to this and they do like Myst, um, you know, no disrespect, you should still buy our game. Um, yeah, I, I think I probably, because in terms of maybe locations and characters, um, maybe it feels a little bit smaller than some of the games I've worked on. I, I wanted to go for some really very uh, complex and difficult puzzles. Um, and Aviv kind of talked me out of some of those <laughs> design choices. But yeah, my fault. <laughs> But I think from, from the feedback we've had from the testers, although mostly they've said the difficulty is sort of just right because with a game that's so very story-driven, we don't really want to interrupt the story for two hours mm. while someone works mm. out what combination of buttons to press or something like that. So, um, so the puzzles have to... They have to fit the environment... Um, but they also have to be sort of realistic to a reasonable level. So you, you should never come across a puzzle in the game and think, well, in real life, this would, this would clearly be impossible. Um, well, obviously, you know, we've still got the sort of, um, you know, the, the MacGyver-ish traps that <laughs> you, you wouldn't really see in real life, but they, they could theoretically be possible. Um, and, yeah, well, I wanted to try as much as possible as well with the puzzles to build in the feeling that the player character's own skills would, you know, would probably help him to be able to solve this sort of puzzle. So um, it was a lot of trial and error and very, very much trying to avoid mirroring in any way puzzles that I had already seen. But obviously... Uh, I mean, obviously, the amount of puzzles that have been in games over the years, there's probably nothing left that's truly original. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they just they had to fit the environment, they had to fit the character um, and give the player a reasonable challenge. But, you know, say, say they've got the feeling of accomplishment when they actually do solve it, but not be so difficult or so unhinted that 
at the end of the day, they'll get frustrated yeah. if you stop playing. I, I agree with that. Uh, story had to come first, uh, which meant that uh, we couldn't, for example, um, it meant no moon logic because <laughs> because that would have obscured the story. And sometimes when the beta players would say, well, that wasn't very obvious to me, then I had to add something, insert something into the game to make, to make it clear that, yes, right now you can do this or you can do that. Um, because I don't, you don't want the player to get just stuck and meander aimlessly around. Right, yeah. No, that's... Especially if they are on the right track. Yeah, no, that's that's no fun if you're, uh, you know, spending five hours, you know, it's like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Where's the walkthrough? Yes. <laughs> uh, and and then another another question that I had is because at least in your previous games, uh, Dave, you had uh, voice acting. I know you did the voice acting for uh, Captain Disaster. Uh, were you tempted to do the voice acting in this game as well? Or were you, Dave? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I did. We the only voice parts of the game were the intro and outro. No, no, no. And intro, intro. You're not doing the outro. Oh well, this is new to me. We we learn something new every day. Well, we can um, do that, but right now we don't have it. <laughs> okay, so the uh, but the intro anyway. I, I did I did um, have a go at voicing that to see, but my my voice wasn't really right for it. And we've got uh, what's the guy's name? The move of, of the voice actor. Something. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah. Yeah, he he did a fantastic job. It's, uh, just it was just perf the perfect voice for the character. Um, but again, just as I don't think as a third-person game it would really work, I think mm. voicing it would actually, you'd lose emotion rather than gain it. So there is there is quite a lot of reading involved in the game, but um, because of Eve made it impossible to put too much text on the screen at <laughs> one go, I, was, I had to rein in a little bit on that. And uh, I, think, I think the actual act of, of reading it pulls the player in I, I think voicing would probably I, I just feel it would probably be de detracting from it the feeling a yeah. little bit so um no I wasn't really wasn't really that tempted yeah it's certainly from the the graphics and the look of the game it, it does look like an you know an old school adventure game so kind of you know maybe to work voice acting to was voice acting it might be a bit you know it, it, it mightn't as you say it mightn't suit the game so you might be like, wait, hang on a second. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> kind of strange. And you know, on, on that topic, because this is a you know first person pixel art adventure game. And um, you know, to, to go promoting it to the target audience, I mean, obviously we you know you have uh, adventure game players, uh, but I was wondering uh, how do you guys know how you could go about maybe uh, getting you know the word out about this game to other people who might not usually play? adventure games but you might like story rich games so I, I was just just curious because i don't know the answer to this and i don't think many people do but it's good for the two of you now promoting the game uh how you go about you know maybe getting the word out to both adventure game players and maybe other people who might also like the game who don't usually play adventure games Ah, we were counting on you. <laughs> well, that's an excellent question. Yeah, that's an excellent. Well, that's an excellent question. I don't do really interviews. know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we're doing these. Um, mainly, promotion takes place on Twitter. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where where, where I do it. Um, I don't really know how to promote or marketing things outside of it. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that um, uh, word of mouth will do the trick. Yeah, we're also sending out uh, quite a few review copies, uh, review copies, and uh, quite a few streamers, bloggers, reviewers that we already know that we would have been contacting. We we know they're actually were Kickstarter backers as well. Oh. So once once the reviews and the streams and uh, video reviews go out, um, obviously. It is largely the adventure game audience that will see them, but it's all there's also a bit of crossover with with other people. And as we says, we're kind of really um, like most indie devs, really. I suppose we we rely on quite a lot on word of mouth and 
Uh, hopefully, once the reviews come out, we'll tweet those. Aviv's tweet count will go up from about 5,000 a day to 10,000 a day. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) No pressure. But in in terms of in terms of your actual question, I'm not really sure. Unless you can get picked up by, you know, someone quite big, a PC Mm. gamer or something like that. Yeah, it's different to really get outside of your niche. But then, Mm. in many ways, we've made the game specifically for our niche, and you know, that's again, that's a very indie thing. Uh, and sometimes if the game is strong enough and the, the public reaction is strong enough, then it gets that naturally um, goes outside the niche in terms of who starts to play it. And, you know, once uh, once the Steam, re- Steam reviews start going in and videos get made, then, uh, yeah, hopefully... Hopefully, but yeah. obviously your podcast is is the main thing with, with all the um, 10, 10 million people that will be listening to it. <laughs> oh, yes. one, one more thing. Uh, <laughs> one more thing I'll add is that um, I've contacted this uh, brilliant um, capsule illustrator. I suppose I think that's the right term, capsule illustrator. Somebody who does uh, those images for for uh, to promote your game on Steam. Uh, you probably know what okay. I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, he, he made he made uh, the capsule illustration <coughs> for another game called Don't Forget Me, which was recently released. Yes, Thank we just reviewed that. Yes, we just reviewed oh, that on yeah. the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so that game has obviously it has beautiful in-game art. It also has mm. brilliant promotional art. Uh, so I've contacted the artist and he's working on something for us right now, and I think it's cool. going to be it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Cool. It Can't wait to show it. To people. Yes. Well, I can't wait to see it. It sounds like you guys are at least, you know, prepared, doing, you know, everything right with regards to promotion, getting the word out there. And, um, and I meant to ask you finally as well about um, the programming, being part of coding. Now, I, I am not a programmer. I don't know about coding, but mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned, Aviv, that, you know, you did it. Uh, how, how did you go about, you know, what, what engine did you use? Did you create an engine or use one that's already available um, you know, did he use was it AGS mm. or how, how did you go about it? So I I made the game using uh, Game Maker Studio Two. Um, okay. When I had to start work on Void Bridge, I contemplated using AGS, but at the end um, I thought it would be as easier to work with Game Maker, so I went with that. Um, and the game uses a scripting language. Uh, of its own, it's called GML, which would be very similar to C Sharp. To anyone who knows it, um, yeah. Was there anything else to your question? Uh, <laughs> yeah, ma- mainly that. How, how did you did you find it? Was it? Uh, do you think it would be more or less easier to use for people who might not know much about programming or for first time coders or first time programmers? Oh, if... definitely. Oh, cool. That's that's pretty much how they lure you in they say they can uh, you can create a game uh, without coding at all and that may be the case but when i was doing void bridge uh, right at the beginning i got stuck and there were things i didn't know how to do without coding okay so, and uh, the ga- the example that i usually give is that um, is navigation so you have a character and it needs to reach a certain point on the screen right when you click it but if you have obstacles on the way let's say a rock or a tree it needs to circumnavigate it right it needs to go around it and if you can't go there that shouldn't it should it should it should reach the closest point so that's something that i don't know how to do without coding uh, to find the point that you really need to go to uh, or how to uh, navigate around obstacles so uh, right at the beginning i knew that i had to learn how to code the game um, but it's it's not a big challenge so um, there are plenty of tutorials out there uh, for both GameMaker and AGS, but in this particular case for GameMaker, and the community community is very helpful. So if I post something on the forums, I'll get several replies within the hour on how to do things. So mm-hmm. even when I got stuck and didn't know how to do something, there was always some professional advice that was readily available. Okay, that's that's good to know for future for anyone like me who doesn't know how to code. <laughs> um, <laughs> final question I have is, 
about your Kickstarter, because uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but you had a successful Kickstarter, uh, I believe it was a few months ago or about a year ago. So congratulations on that. And I believe you yeah, made, some, Thank you. You've made, made some stretch goals. So is there any particular advice that uh, you can give to anybody else who wants to go crowdfunding routes or to do Kickstarter for their game, you know, since you guys were successful? <laughs> Um, I will say this, you need to do your research. Um, you need to know when to launch the Kickstarter. Uh, you need to promote it, um, uh, which, which we didn't do, but this, this is what you should do. You need to promote it, find the best time to launch it. You need to um, build up a, a following. It's very important to have um, a good first day because it really helps later on. Um, for example, the, the campaign for Prim and the mm. uh, current going campaign for for Lucy Dreaming, they they've been they've been brilliant campaigns. Oh, they're fantastic! Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, very well researched. Um, yeah, the the one the one vital piece of advice that I could give, which Aviv has <laughs> kindly not mentioned, <laughs> uh, is not to accidentally press the wrong button and launch your campaign a week before you actually intended to. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> what, I, I, I honestly thought I was pressing the button to create a preview for people to look at and they could follow it. <laughs> and then a week later it would launch. But when I looked, it's like, no, it's launched, and there is no way to unlaunch it unless you delete the whole thing. So, um, yeah. So oh, we, no. that was a night of fright. Oh, know. really? <laughs> you, you can't unlaunch unless you delete the whole thing. Yes. No, that's that's from from what I saw, from what I looked up. Anyway, oh, that's not good. I don't. I'm, I'm sure. I, I was certain I knew what I was doing, but obviously, I, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's that's the most vital piece. But otherwise, what have you said is good. I mean, the the ones who build up a large community before they launch mm. Kickstarter have got a massive chance of success compared to ones who just sort of go straight into it. So we did try, we did try and build up <laughs> with Twitter followers and stuff like that. But but yeah, it's. Um, it was a, we felt it was going to be a bit of hit and miss for a little while. And then when we got there, it was like, oh, that's good. Okay. So, but in retrospect, probably we should have actually had a higher goal, but we were really not, not mm. too sure about the whole thing because neither of us had ever done a Kickstarter before. So I think uh, if we ever did another one, we've learned a lot of good lessons about what not to do. Yeah, not to, you know, a surprise launch the campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a nice surprise, though, Aviv, wasn't it, when you found out? <laughs> well, yeah. So do you guys just go with it then? You, can, you said, oh, we're launching one week early. <laughs> or did you yeah, well, or did it, it, redo it, the campaign? It goes with the whole Captain Disaster thing. So <laughs> Exactly. You could go with the persona of your main character. Oh, Captain yeah, Disaster. I, I, I actually don't have a choice. It just—it seems to be my persona. So um, yeah, so yeah, we we just decided to go with it, and um, fortunately, it was we, we built enough momentum to get there and get a, a couple of the stretch goals. So yeah, it was it was a hair raising experience, to be fair. No, well, congratulations. I'm sure it was a nice surprise. Oh, really? And um, I would love to have that persona as a Captain Disaster, like when, if I'm at work or if I'm doing anything, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that stupid thing that I do. Oh, no, it's Captain Disaster. That's me. Yes. <laughs> but it, at, at least the main thing is it worked. You know, it was successful. You got funded and you're about to release the game. So, um, and then, you know, well, finally, finally, um, you know, hopefully this game will be a success then. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're doing everything right so far. Um, do you guys, are you are you guys able to say anything about any future plans these might have? Would you consider working together again? Or is that it now? You never want to see each other again? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, that don't, don't DM me again on Twitter, Avi. I'm just going to put you, going to block you now. Um, <laughs> uh, funnily enough, we, we did very briefly discuss this yesterday and uh, certainly we'll, you know, the... The door is open for future collaborations, but personally, I have absolutely no idea at this <laughs> look, stage. Look, if, if the corruption be... within makes a million dollars, then we'll definitely make a sequel. Come on. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, fair enough. We, I, th I think I could probably agree to that. <laughs> and this would be would it be third person three D. Um, you know, with a triple A title, <laughs> full out, whole, full out, a comedy. This, this would be fully voiced third person, the Unreal Engine. <laughs> it, it would be uh, competing with Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil Nine. Yeah, Resident Evil, but with laughs. Yeah, that that sounds interesting, actually. But uh, uh, so, where can people find out more about well, you guys and this game, then in general? Uh, there is a <coughs> sorry. There is a Steam page store. Um, they can follow us on Twitter. We I tweet about the game all the time. People are sick of me, I think. <laughs> and there is also an each page for the game. Just Google the corruption within each or the corruption within Steam, and you'll find plenty about the game. Okay. And uh, and well, Dave, I'm sure you know. Well, I, I put uh, links on, on the show notes as well because you have a Twitter as well uh dave as well right <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't tweet as much as i <laughs> no but when, when you do it's interesting as well so i'll, I'll put the links there oh you, you've not read many of my tweets recently then <laughs> <laughs> well you had last year you had an interesting competition of uh venture games so <laughs> oh yes and um yeah sean's um a, a date in the park one which he was as surprised as anyone, not because <laughs> it's not a good game, but it's just the, the competition for the best freeware yeah. adventure game ever was so strong. I honestly thought one of the uh, I thought one of the King's Quest remakes was probably mm. gonna be in a, with a real shout of it. But yeah, no, that was that was good. Wow, I'll probably, well, probably have to, to do another one at some point. Because he beat the Ben Jordan games, the King's King's Quest remakes, the Yahtzee games. So wow, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to mention before we leave it then? Anything that we haven't covered? Oh, just to repeat that the game is coming out in three weeks. And okay. uh, we'll be very happy if you check it out. So it'll be out on the 9th of June, 2021. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, the hour will be, <clears throat> let's see, I think it will be 10 in the morning, uh, West American West Coast time, which is, um, do you know, Dave, what time it is in England? Um, I think it will be like um, 5 p.m. I think. No, not 5 p.m. Let me see. Um, well, I think six, five, 5 or 6 p.m. Uh, British Standard Time. This is getting very specific. I've, I've never had anyone <laughs> say what time to release the game. <laughs> it's, it's, because, it's because we've been, we put a press embargo on the review copies, and I've kept oh, saying okay. to Aviv, it would be really good to actually tell them the specific time that we're launching. Yes, I, I get some so of those that's as well, my yes. fault that we're so specific. <laughs> no, I, I get some of those press embargoes as well. So yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, no, well, thank you. Uh, Dave, anything you would like to mention uh, before, we, before we finish or put you on the spot now? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think if, if people buy both Captain Disaster and Death has a million stomping boots and the corruption within and, and you know you can probably buy and Void Bridge as and well. Yes. I think it will make your lives infinitely happier. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure of it. No, absolutely. You know, it looks fantastic. I mean, I'm sold on it. Um, anyway, I was before, but I definitely am now. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to trying it out when it comes out. So uh, and hopefully it uh, it will do well and you can uh, work together again or you can you know, whatever suits you guys. <laughs> oh, I think I think we probably need to have a creative bust up first and then get back together and work on the game. Right, yeah, Probably. so you, go, you break up, go separate ways, and then you realise you can't work without the, the other. Yeah, like that. 30, 30 years later, do a reunion and let <laughs> Oh, wow, that's a <laughs> long time. Hopefully sooner, but... Um, but no, thank you both for joining me. It's been an absolute thank pleasure you. speaking with you guys. Um, it's been great fun for me as well. And uh, you're one of the few people, Dave, who's appeared second time now. And I hope you will join us again, Aviv, uh, as well. I'd be delighted to talk to you as well. It so, will be a pleasure. Uh, well, thank you. And the very, very best of luck with the game. I really hope it does well. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much. So that was my interview with Dave and Aviv and hope you guys all enjoyed it. And thank you to Dave and Aviv for speaking to me. I had a great, great time speaking to them and I hope to speak to them again soon. And the links are in the show notes for the game The Corruption Within, which will be out on June 9th 
on Steam and itch.io. And you can also see links to the Twitter and their official site for uh, Captain Disaster as well. So, um, so yeah, so next week I'll be joined as always by Thomas and Laura. We'll be reviewing the latest adventure games that we've been playing. So uh, please join us then and take care then, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>